This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Target, which has just made it so much easier to save money when you shop because the Cartwheel app, Target's fan-favorite saving app, is now part of the Target app. Just download the Target app from the App Store and start saving. And this episode of Spawned is also brought to you by Learn with Homer, the incredible learn-to-read app for kids 2 to 8. Using the Homer app just 15 minutes a day was proven to increase early reading scores by 70 Plus, it's fun. And they've got a special offer for Spawned listeners. Subscribe at learnwithhomer.com slash coolmompicks, and you'll get an exclusive two-month free trial. That's normally just 30 days. You'll get two months. Once again, it's learnwithhomer.com slash coolmompicks. Hello and welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawned, we are talking to organizer extraordinaire Laurie Palau, and we're talking all about back-to-school organization just in time, because it's back to school. My favorite topic, (laughs) I can never talk enough about how to get and stay organized during school even though I never take any of the advice. <laughs> Maybe this time I will. <laughs> this is the time, Liz. And of course, we will close out our show with our cool picks of the week. So let's talk a little bit about Lori because, oh my gosh, she's got a lot going on and she's an organizer, so she must stay organized herself. She is the founder of Simply Be Organized, the host of the weekly podcast, This Organized Life, that everyone needs to subscribe to right now. That's a duh thing. You can listen to it right after Spawn. <laughs> yes. One, yes. two. One, two. And the author of the soon-to-be-released book, Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized. And her advice has been featured in the New York Times, Parenting Section, Family Circle, Home and Table Magazine. She shares tips on the CBS Philadelphia Morning Show near where she lives in Bucks County. And she's also surviving as a mom of two teenage girls. So, Lori, we bow down to you. Welcome. Oh, hello. And please don't. You guys make me sound way cooler than I am. <laughs> That's what bios are supposed to do, man. Ah, I do like on your site, though, that you say that you live in a not-so-perfect world as a mom-wife organizer and the founder of the organization, Simply Be Organized. So how is it not so perfect? It sounds perfect to me. Because it's not, just like my book says. Like, I'm a hot mess just like everybody else. I mean, the (laughs) only difference really is that I have a system and a strategy that I follow. And it doesn't always go according to plan because life doesn't work that way. I've got two kids and two dogs and, you know, life is crazy. And the first thing I try to do is disarm people about that image of perfection because that's so not me. So you're an organizer for the real world. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But people do come in my house, like true story. Like this was years ago. (laughs) One of my daughters was having a birthday party and this mom who like I know from like social circles, but we're not like friends, came in to pick up her kid and I kid you not, walked into my kitchen and started opening cabinets and drawers. Oh, no. Yeah. What? Yeah. She was like, I just have to see if you're really as organized. Oh, my as. gosh. Why not look at my OBGYN records yeah, while you're I at was it? Like, yeah. What else can I show you? Exactly. <laughs> and so I was like, have at it. So that's what happens. But I tell people all the time, like, uh, th- this is a no judgment zone for sure. I'm telling like it is. And if I think you need to get your act together, you know, 
I'll give you my two cents, <laughs> but no judgment. I love that. Well, that's a good place to start because this is one of the areas of life that a lot of people probably don't address because they feel judged. And, you know, now with back to school here, you know, my kids start next week. Liz's kids, they're out forever. I think they start like in October. <laughs> Mine just got back from <laughs> camp like three days yeah, ago. Yeah, and yours don't start for we another couple weeks. trunks and like camp stuff and canteens all over our living room floor. So that's where we're at in the organizational But I'm wondering, cycle. Laurie, what... What are some things that parents can do? Or let's just talk to, you know, me and Liz. We know there are lots of parents out there that still don't have kids back in school yet. What can we do right now to get ready as opposed to waiting until school is actually started? Okay, well, in the physical sense, I would say start going through like your kids clothes and seeing like what doesn't fit. What do you need to buy so that you're not scrambling once the madness of the routine set in. Oh my gosh, my kid grew three inches over the summer and I have no clothes. So I think looking ahead from the physical stuff, as well as, um, and I just did this with my daughter yesterday, who's 14 and entering high school and is my shopper and loves to have everything new and wanted to go to Staples and buy every single thing new. And I was like, well, let's look at what we still have because if we have 300 pencils at home, we don't need to buy another box. Right. Mm, Inventory. Exactly. So I assess that kind of stuff in terms of your physical stuff. In terms of the other stuff, like your routines, I try, it doesn't always work, especially now that my kids are getting a little older. But when my kids were younger, I really tried to kind of get back into that bedtime routine because we're all more lax in the summer. I mean, company included. And I try to not wait to the last minute before I'm like, okay, let's put the devices down at a normal time. Let's try to get in bed at a normal time. Let's start to get back into that routine so that you're not just ripping the bandaid off on Sunday night before you go back to school. So I think those are like kind of the two main things that I would say is just start being proactive. And a lot of times parents don't want to like deal with it. (laughs) That's the truth. It's a lot of work for us. You're still in summer mode. As much as you want to like push your kids out the door because you're like done having them home, again, present company included. But, you know, it's a matter of discipline and just saying, okay, we're going to do it. That's a good point. Yeah. Because I'd rather say like, okay, I know you're supposed to do reading, but it's still laid out. Let's go get ice cream. (laughs) So it's like I have to push myself too. We both. I mean, you know, what's funny is that we just got back from vacation and this is the one, I guess, few days that my kids don't have camp. And I have started getting them back to reading, getting them doing worksheets in the morning before they can play their gadgets. And we're definitely going to be starting the bedtime because our problem is we start the day after Labor Day. So the kids are having a holiday weekend and then starting right after school, which I think is killer. I kind of like when school starts on a Thursday because I'm a little concerned. You know, who wants to send their kid eight o'clock bedtime on a Saturday night? Sorry, guys. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You know, again, my kids are a little bit older, so they kind of get it. But I mean, when they're young, it's it's definitely a little bit harder, which is why I think if you can start it a little bit before, it's not as much of a shell shock. Like you've been kind of in that routine right, of right. saying, okay, we're going to like get together. We're going to pick our clothes out the night before. And everybody, for the most part, I think starts the year out strong. Your kids get up, they're ready to go. They're eating breakfast, their beds are made. And then a month or so into it, you're throwing <laughs> up yeah. a frozen waffle at them as the boss is slump. <laughs> you know, so I think everybody has the best of intentions to kind of start off the new year. There's two times of the new year where I think my business piece because everybody wants to like, you know, we're going to get organized. We're going to get a new routine. We're going to have a clean slate. And it's the 
back to school and it's January. Like those are the two like fresh starts of the right, right. people are like, okay, we're starting over. Yeah. I always joke with our uh, food editor from Cool Mom Eats, Stacey Billis, that in the beginning, everybody's searching for like bento box lunches and creative lunchbox notes. And by October, they're like, how do I get out of my sandwich rut? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's honestly, lunches are the, my biggest dread. And my husband used to travel a ton when my kids were little. So I always said I was a single mom with a paycheck and he's awesome. He's great. And then he kind of switched gears and moved onto the client side from the agency side. So he was around more and he's like, give me something to do that I can kind of own myself. And I was like, you can do lunches. Oh, that's so great. Here you go. <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned getting the kids clothes ready. So yes. I just want to ask about that more specifically because that's tough. I have kids who really like clothes. I have two girls like you. Um, not a lot of drawer space. We actually just published a post. Uh, our editor, Kate, she actually made capsule wardrobe collections for her four kids, which is unbelievable to me that they pared it down that much. What do you think we can do to, like, kind of get the clothes organized and ready? Do you just move the summer stuff to the back of the drawer? Do you put it away? Like, what, what are your tips for kind of getting into back-to-school mode with clothing? Okay, so I'm going to kind of make a general statement, and I understand that, like, this doesn't work for everybody, but I'll tell you what my preference is. I'm all about keeping stuff that's in current rotation in your closet. So I don't have heavy sweaters or stuff that is, like, complete winter wear in the closet now. I do flip my clothes seasonally because mm -hmm. I live in the suburbs and I have a house with space. But my husband grew up in Manhattan in an apartment and we lived in the city for years. And so I know what small space living is like. I'm far from a minimalist at all. And my younger daughter is a, is a shopper. So we've got a lot of inventory. But I just find that you see all that visual clutter. It, it just makes the process that much more difficult. So removing that from the equation makes it easier to get dressed in the morning because you're like, oh, I forgot I have this. Yes. And again, there's the whole like Pareto principle, that whole 80-20 rule where, you know, you wear 20% of your wardrobe 80% of the time. So if you can remove all of the like external distractions, whether it's storing them in a bin under your bed, if you have small space living, or if you have the luxury of having a spare room, a guest room, a basement, wherever you could get that out of your visual space, it makes it easier. And to your point, my kids get excited. They're like, oh, I forgot I had this. Oh, I love this shirt. You know, like it's all new again for them. And depending on the ages of your kids, again, I'm a big believer in empowering your kids to be part of the process. I think one of the mistakes that a lot of parents make, and specifically women, because we're doers and want to just get it done, is just kind of owning the process yourself. And I think even though sometimes it takes longer, you got to empower your kids to be part of it. And so I will make my younger daughter, well, both my kids, but my younger ones, the clothes issue. And I'll be like, you got to do this. You got to sort through. And we're not going to buy any more clothes until we sort through and see what you've got and what you can donate and what you don't. I'm with you 100% because my issue is that the clothes that I pick for my girls that I think they like, even if it's from their own closet, that changes, it feels like on an hourly basis. Yes. And so I want them to pick out the clothes and I tell them, I'm like, if you are not going to wear this, if you haven't worn it, I want to put it away because my pet peeve is washing clean clothes. I hate that. Oh, come God. on. Yes. So like it ends up on the floor. Yeah. You know, I would much rather them have a capsule. You know, I use that in quotes because I'm not yeah, sure how sure. realistic that is. But less is more. Because like you said, the 80-20 yeah. rule, I love that because it's so true. It applies to my life and certainly applies to kids. And so I much rather them have, you know, 10 outfits that I know they're going to wear rather than have like 40 shirts and, you know, they wear like seven of them. Totally. And my <laughs> girlfriend owns a 
boutique and I would dress like a homeless person if I didn't have people that are nice to be like, oh, this would look good on you. So she gave me this bit of advice several years ago and I kind of subscribed to it and share it with my clients. You should have three tops for every bottom. So if you have a black pair of pants, you should have three different shirts that you could go with it. And it's good for travel too, if you're going somewhere where people have like an overpacking rule. So I kind of say to my kids, my younger daughter, her name's Logan. I'll right out there under the bus because I do it all the time on my own podcast. So I'll say, look, (laughs) you know, you like these pants, give me three shirts that it goes with. It makes her think about different coordination of outfits Mm -hmm. so she can also not wear the same thing over and over again because she has a tendency to get a new outfit and then wear it like three days in a row. And I'm like, we got to switch it up. (laughs) So, you know what? I'm glad that you brought up your husband having come from Manhattan because that's my situation. I'm in Brooklyn in a pretty small space. It's a loft that was massive when I moved here and it was just me and my ex and no children. And now it's small. (laughs) And Kristen lives in a townhome, which I find big, but I know it's probably small by like suburban standards. Yeah, with four kids too. It's like 1,800 square feet, which is big for for some and small for others. But you know, I I was just thinking about this today because my kids are doing worksheets and they're on their computers. And I, I even said it out loud. I'm like, I know that you don't have a lot of space to do what you need to do when it comes to computer time, which right now is Minecraft. So I'm wondering if you can help us and, you know, listeners who don't have a ton of space, like what can we do for homework and for school time if kids aren't really the types to be doing their work in their room? I think that's a great point. And I talk a lot about this because I think it's a very relevant thing. And I've got two teenagers and my kids still like doing their work downstairs. Mm -hmm. I mean, some kids prefer working in the room, whether it's on their bed or at a desk or whatever. But my kids, even my 16 year old, she like sets up shop on the coffee table because they all have their own laptops and devices and whatnot. So you don't have to be stationed to a a physical table, but they just prefer being in our presence, which sometimes is annoying. But then I also try to embrace it and realize she's going to be up to college in a few years. So what I establish is what I call a homework hub. And the homework hub can look different depending on your layout of your space and where that's going to live. But basically it's an area, designated area where your kids have their like command center. Cause I think everybody needs a command center and this would have necessary supplies, pens, pencils, rulers, glue sticks, whatever it is. And for me, my command center is in my kitchen Island. I have their homework hub drawer where ah. they know I have extra loose leaf paper and whatnot. So those quick grab and go supplies so that they don't have to go searching all over the house for it. And then Mm. that takes an extra 20 minutes. Oh, or they're asking us where things are, which is what my kids do. But what do you do when you don't have a lot of room? Like I don't have extra drawers. I can't have one homework hub because we have like the file cabinet in one area and the kind of craft supplies in another and the sharp scissors are in the kitchen and then the laptops in my bedroom. And it's really hard in a small space. Like we don't really have one designated area. Are there other tricks that I could be using? What I was going to suggest is, and I actually am stealing this from another professional organizer that I I collaborate with. It's like a tray homework hub. So it's like a portable homework hub, which is great. So you get like a nice decorative tray. Doesn't have to be anything expensive. You could find one probably at Home Goods or Target or wherever. And you can get like a mason jar and put pens in there or whatever supplies your kids need. And again, if you have little kids and you don't want to have the scissors out, don't have the scissors out. But those kind of easy grab and go things that they need, whether it's loose leaf paper or erasers or it could be crayons. 
crayons. It could be colored pencils. And, you know, it sounds like it's kind of like your wardrobe idea, like just the stuff they're using right now. So you don't necessarily need all the science supplies. And, you know, at the end of the year, they're going to be doing this kind of experimentation. It seems like you can just kind of have out the things they need right now. Yes. You're not setting up a full office. You're just having like your grab and go things for them to be able to use. And the nice thing about having it, especially if you live in a small space or if you have multi-purpose spaces. So like you have to eat dinner here, but this is where they also do their homework. If you can put the tray out, but then move it when you don't need it and put it somewhere else. I mean, it has to be flexible because our lives change, our needs change, our schedules change. So whatever system you use, it doesn't have to be rigid. I love that idea. I'm already thinking right now where my hub is going to be. And I think I'm actually going to do something more portable because like you, Liz, we have one main table in our home and it serves many purposes. Yes. It's the laundry folding table, yep. the eat <laughs> off it table, the table, set up your props yeah. for your shoot table. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking something portable is going to be great. Yes. And the other thing I was just going to suggest, again, depending on your space and, you know, how visible you want it to be is use wall space. Like I do a lot of like finding cute, inexpensive things that I can hang on the wall that I can either keep loosely paper in like a wall-mounted inbox or I know like Ikea has these cute little wall mount things that you could put pens and pencils in, you know, so you don't always have to take up counter space. If you do have an area that you could designate, you don't need probably more than two feet by two feet and you could probably get some basic stuff down. I love the company Poppin. Yeah, And they make tons of cool office and school supply stuff in all different colors. And I was thinking about getting a tray for each of my kids, letting them pick up the color. So it's like, you know, yours is red and you know, yours is teal. And then kind of getting all the coordinated stuff so they know which is theirs and where it goes and how to keep it organized. I really love this idea, Laura. Yeah, this is really helpful. I have one day this weekend where I was planning on getting this all ready and now I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm very excited. I'm writing the post in my head about it for our readers. (laughs) (laughs) The portable homework hub. Portable homework hub. And the other thing I just want to say is most kids and adults too, a lot of them are visual. So if you can have some sort of wall mount dry erase calendar, and I'm a big color coder. I'm not crafty. I'm not the crafty organizer mom, but uh, (laughs) I do like, I just think it's visually, I color code my calendar calendars because that way I can see without feeling overwhelmed, like who's got to be where. And so I'll just write where Logan's going to be or what activities she has on what day and the same with Zoe so that they can just come in and look at their calendars. And if you want your kids to have more autonomy, you can get them a calendar for their rooms, you know, where they write down their their activities, whether they have it, whether it's a test or they have soccer tryouts or, you know, piano lessons or whatever it is to kind of let them own the scheduling process, because a huge part of what I talk about with organization is really being organized with your time, not just your stuff. And I love the color coding. You know, when I was a kid, I remember my parents getting four colors of towels that were all coordinated. I still remember whose was whose. There was like chocolate brown and rust. This is the late 70s. I was going to (laughs) say. And like off-white. And and I still remember like thinking it was super weird. Like we have our own color towels. And now looking back, I totally get it. It was so smart. (laughs) To this day, I identify as chocolate brown. I'm like, that's my towel (laughs) all these years later. So I like the idea of color coding everything. Well, yeah, my kids are used to that because they've drank the Kool-Aid. The color coded Kool-Aid. I'll take that Kool-Aid. Pink for you. Okay, Laurie. So (laughs) let's talk about mornings. What can parents do in their homes 
and, you know, like you said, sometimes it's about time and not stuff to really help make this whole process go more smoothly. Okay. So the first thing I think is you need to know your kid. If you have the type of kid that's a procrastinator that needs a little bit more time, I don't think you could just give a blanket statement. And I say this from personal experience because I've got one kid that's super independent and could wake up 15 minutes before the bus comes, be ready and roll out of bed and be out the door. And then I've got another kid that has to try on 75 outfits. <laughs> yeah. I come in and she's like having a whole conversation with herself in the mirror. And I'm like, <laughs> your pajamas, we need to go. So in order to be able to develop a routine that makes sense, you kind of have to know your kids' habits. In our case, like Logan has to get up earlier than Zoe, even though they leave at the same time, because she just can't get it together. She just can't. And it's not mean. It just, it is what it is. And I don't want to be the animal that is screaming like a lunatic. And they don't want that either. So we have to adapt. If you're not going to be able to get it together quicker, then you have to get up 15 minutes earlier so that you can have that lag time to kind of dawdle around. And just knowing that and being open about it. The other thing, and I think this is important for, you know, some kids need a little bit more handholding is when she was younger, I created a checklist because Logan's the type of kid, brush your teeth, make your bed, put your clothes in the hand. Get dressed is what I have on ours. And that seems sad, but it's true. Oh no, I'm with you. Also like what that includes, like sage, that means shoes. Pants. You have to have shoes when you walk outside. Well, you have to be specific. And I know like with my kids, I have to be very specific over like, what is it? Are you ready? Yes. What does ready really mean? Yeah, like, again, yeah, yeah, sure. Did you take your medicine? Did you brush your hair? So I created a checklist. That's like, I actually went up putting it on my website as something that parents could download. And I actually taped it to the mirror in the bathroom. And I was like, you are not allowed to come downstairs until every single thing is checked off. And I had it for every day of the week because I was tired of asking her 75 times because then I wound up losing my patience and saying mean things. And it's like 7.15 in the morning. <laughs> and that's not nice. And that's not the mom I want to be. There's so not enough this- coffee for that, by the way. We'd have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and have four cups of coffee. And that's just not feasible. Yeah. And I know for me, for my sanity, I'm the type of person that I need to have my alone time, even if it's like 15 minutes. Ideally, it's a half an hour. But even even if it's 15 minutes before everybody else gets up. So I will purposely set my alarm so that I can have that time to just breathe before the craziness sets in. Yeah. You know, my kids are a little bit older now, so there's less handholding, but it wasn't that long ago when I was running around making sure everything is ready. And again, I try to do as much prep the night before. I know you're tired. I know you're spent, but please make sure that your homework is packed in your backpack. Don't be running around for it that morning looking for it because guess what? I am not running it to school. Like those days are over. I'm not that much. Oh yeah. We talked about that recently on yeah, this podcast. Absolutely. Like yeah. one of the best things we can do is get ready the night before. It's like putting the homework in the backpack the night before takes 10 seconds and it feels like it takes 10 hours when you wait till the morning for some reason. So yeah. that's a great tip. And even with the lunch prep, and I know some people want the sandwich fresh in the morning or whatever they're making and that's fine. But if you can prep as much of it the night before, whether it's having the kids take out their snacks, laying everything out so that you are not running around because we're trying to cram in so much activity when half of us are not even fully awake yet. (laughs) So you're fighting an uphill battle to begin with. So anything you can do to remove that is really a game changer. So let me just ask you this. This is kind of the tough one. So we talked earlier about the best laid plans. You know, we all start out the year so positive and proactive with our organization ready and our bento boxes all clean and ready to be filled (laughs) so meticulously in each little compartment and we're going to make race balls in the shape of Disney characters and life's going to be awesome. 
awesome, right? So we come up with the same thing for organization. And once you've got this system set up, you've got your mobile homework stations, or you've got your desks, or you've got your color-coded calendars, even so, like we said, the best laid plans kind of sometimes go and fizzle as time goes on. So once you've kind of gotten organized, what is your best tip, Lori, for helping families stick with it consistently? Are there any tricks to like help these new habits stick? Okay. Well, first of all, don't set the bar so high because none of us live on a Pinterest page. So that's the first. <laughs> Good point. I think that people look at these images, whether it's in a magazine or online, or they listen to like when you were reading my bio and I just sound like I'm so fabulous and all that, which again, like it's all not reality in an everyday sense. So I think, first of all, establishing that you're setting things up to make your life easier, but it's not about perfection. And you really like, I'm not a keeping up with the Joneses person. So first of all, stop with that whole, like, she's the mom that makes the homemade cookies from scratch every day, doesn't ever <laughs> buy anything from the store. Like, okay, great, but you're doing something else. So stop keeping up with the Joneses. You have to kind of lower your bar a little, like lower the bar. And realize that organizing is a process. I know that sounds hokey and cliche, but it's really an ongoing thing. And life's going to get busy. And the whole purpose of having a system is just so that you can hopefully reduce some of the overwhelm of like, okay, so I'm supposed to really not have piles of paper or clutter around, but, you know, we've had two crazy weeks. And so laundry's piled up and things are kind of out of order. But having a system just allows us to know okay, now it's time to regroup and we're going to just spend an hour or whatever on the weekends and we're going to kind of put it all back together. So it's a puzzle that you can take apart and put back together. And just not that it has to be perfect all the time because it's not. Like that's how life is. I love that. Well, these imperfect parents are very grateful yes. <laughs> for your advice, and I'm sure our listeners will be too. Well, I yeah, absolutely. So. I'm ready to go. I'm I'm ready to get organized. And I like the idea. I think of the system. I think is really important because, like you said, life gets ahead of us. But as long as we know what we can do to get back to it, you know, you at least have a starting point. Because if you don't have the system, you don't have a starting point. So it's okay if we take a few steps back to go you know, maybe a couple forward. <laughs> I know for me, I've always subscribed to this philosophy and I'm very vocal with my kids about it that like team Palau, it's a team sport. I don't work for them and we all have to pitch in and help. And I mean, I've listened to lots of your shows and I know that you guys have talked about this as well. And I think everybody wants time. That's really what it boils down to, whether it's time to do your work, whether it's time to play Minecraft, whether it's time to just chill out and watch Bravo or whatever you want to do in your spare time. We all want time. So the more that we can pitch in and help out around the house, that gives us more time. And everybody's motivator is going to be different. I know with Logan, she wants to be able to watch TV, whether it's YouTube or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, you need to get your work done first, or you need to put your clean clothes away. And if you do that, then you will have more time to do it. The longer you procrastinate, the less time you'll have to do something. We had this very discussion last night, Lori. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I'm sorry you can't have a sleepover, but it's now 9 p.m. and the clothes were never put away. That was supposed to be done at 5 and there was a lot of pouting and stomping around, but now you know, we'll shoot again for Thursday. <laughs> I love the idea, though, that it's a team because, you know, it doesn't matter how many kids you have, whether you have one or you've got four like me or two like Liz and you. I feel like 
we need to remember that we're not working for our kids. I thank you for saying that because sometimes it feels like we are. Oh my gosh, totally. (laughs) And I'm like, come on, guys. It helps them. I think parents need to remember that empowering your kids and making them part of the team as opposed to being your clients or your customers, if you will, helps them in the long run. And when they're older, when they are off to college or their parents themselves, like you're giving them a gift by getting them to help out and chip in as part of the team. I agree. And I think they also recognize things. Like I ask them to do something and their sister comes in and messes it up. And then they can see like, wait, I just put in all this time to do this and you just in two seconds destroyed it. And to really appreciate what many of us or our kids or our spouses take for granted. It's a thankless job. You know, running a household can be a thankless job. And I'm very appreciative of my children and the life that I have. But, you know, they know that I also have a career and that my world doesn't revolve around them, which is like a harsh thing because where we live, you know. <laughs> it's supposed to. <laughs> yeah, well, Laurie and I live probably about 15 minutes from each other. And it's it definitely can get that way. So I think it's important for everybody to empower their kids and, and encourage them to be independent. And you know what? Even if you're a stay-at-home parent, yeah. I think it's okay to have your own life. Yes. I mean, come on. Even if your kids are your job, it doesn't mean your world has to revolve around them 24-7 or 25-7, you know, whatever it takes. (laughs) It's funny that you say that because one of the very first articles that I published was about being the CEO of your home. And I talk about being stay-at-home mom and putting the value on because a lot of people, when I say, you know, what's your time worth? And, you know, people that are stay-at-home moms start to kind of diminish their self-worth, I think, and feel like that their job is supposed to just be cook, maid, chauffeur, and don't put like a value. And I'm not necessarily talking like from a monetary standpoint, but I think to be able to say, Hey, listen, this is my responsibility. And as a CEO of the home, I'm delegating like any CEO of a company, you can't do every role by yourself. You have to outsource, you have to delegate. There's things that you have to own and things that you have other people own in order to make your company run smoothly. And I'm not trying to be so like unemotional about it, but I think you need to take a step back and realize that you're not there to just pick up after everybody or cater to every single person's needs because at that one point, you're not going to be able to grow. Amen. Well, Lori, I know you're going to stick around for cool picks of the week, but first, you have so much good information. Tell us where's the best place for our listeners to find you if they want to read more. Well, I would say go to my website, which is simply the letter B like boy, organized.com. And from there, you can link to me on social media. You can subscribe to my podcast. There's free checklists on there, my blog, all that good stuff. So I would definitely say go to uh, simplybeorganized.com. And we've got to keep an eye out for your book, right? Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized, coming out pretty soon. Yes, hopefully within the next, like, six weeks it'll be out. So I don't have an official date yet, but you guys will be the first to know for sure. Awesome. Well, we will be back with our cool picks of the week right after this. So Kristen, I am so happy to welcome Target as one of our sponsors this week because we love Target. We love Target and we love saving money and we love apps. So this is like the perfect cocktail. (laughs) Now, Target always had this app called Cartwheel. You had Cartwheel, right? Oh, I do. And it was so fantastic, right? I liked it. Like you just went into the store and you looked at all the stuff you were going to buy anyway or didn't realize you were going to buy anyway, but ended up buying. Because that's Target. That's what I do at Target, (laughs) yeah. And then you would, you know, figure out the savings and use it at checkout. Well, they just made it even easier to save money 
because there is no dedicated Cartwheel app anymore. All the Cartwheel app function is now in the main Target Ugh, app. Hallelujah. This is awesome One news. One less app on your phone, and I'm all about simplifying. So all you have to do is download the Target app from the App Store, and then look in there, and you'll see Cartwheel and Cartwheel Savings and all kinds of special offers, and it's so easy. Well, you know what, Liz? I was one of those people that just had Cartwheel app and didn't have the Target app, and I have to say that it's super easy to do. This is like no brainer. Well, I had both apps, so I just updated my uh, existing Target app. Okay, trashed the other one because I don't need it anymore, and now all of the Cartwheel savings is in the Target app that I was using anyway. Yeah. So head over, download the Target app, and get all the money saving offers that you used to get from Cartwheel right in there. And we're also happy to welcome Learn with Homer because this incredible Learn to Read app has been one of our favorites for literally years. I think every single year we include it among our top reading apps for kids and here they are as a sponsor and so we love one places and the shops and the apps that we love anyway and it being our sponsors yeah and we love anything that helps kids read i've got two little ones i've got an eight-year-old and a six-year-old who really need encouragement they're at different points in their reading journey but i am all for anything that helps me motivate them and you know what just make it easier in general i feel like it can be so challenging for parents and learn with homer really does help make it a whole lot easier. It does. And it's perfect for your kids because it's for kids two to eight. So both of them fit right in there. And here's the cool thing. I actually didn't know this. It turns out there was a recent educational study from the former U.S. Assistant Secretary of Education, Dr. Susan B. Newman. And it turns out that using the Homer app just 15 minutes a day was shown to increase early reading scores by 74%. Holy cow. I know. That's huge. That's a data nerd thing for me right there. Well, that's a data nerd thing for any parent. The reason Homer is so cool, I think, is because, look, it's what my mom, who's an educator, has always said, like, let kids read what they love. Let them read whatever they're passionate about, whether it's robots or superheroes or ballerinas or trucks. And that's really what Homer is all about. It actually taps into kids' passions to get them excited by creating personalized learning pathways based on each kid's learning stage and their interests. So basically, if you've got one kid that likes fire trucks and another kid that likes airplanes, they will have their own dedicated learning path so that they can read the way they like and at their own pace. And, you know, I really like that they're serious about taking the learning offline. I know that's so important to so many parents, including us. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got a library of printables with mazes and worksheets, which we're doing right now, that, you know, can really help once time is over for screen time. They can keep learning. And I love that parents can track the progress. That's a big thing for me, especially with four kids. It's hard to keep up with everybody. So to be able to log in and see how my kids are doing, you know, because they're reading at bedtime or they're reading in their room. They're not in front of me all the time reading. So I love that. Homer is also very well priced. So it's a subscription. Like you said, you can use it with up to four kids. It's only $7.99 a month. It's less than $2 a month per child for you. So that's a great deal. Certainly less than the cost of a workbook. And here's what's even better. They're offering Spawned listeners an exclusive two-month free trial. Normal subscribers only get 30 days, but you, just for you, because you are so special, Spawned listeners, you get (laughs) two months free. So why not sign up? Free, right? We like free. Two months. So to do that, just go to learnwithhomer.com slash coolmompics. That's P-I-C-K-S. Learnwithhomer.com slash coolmompics for your free trial. All right. Well, it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool picks of the week. And Laurie, you get to go first. I appreciate it. What do you got? So my cool pick 
is a Jimmy case. It's a phone case. Have you guys ever heard of the Jimmy case? I don't think we have. And we run a tech site. Liz, do you, have you heard what? of it? I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. I am not a paid sponsor for Jimmy case, although I would love to be their spokesperson because not for nothing. I probably have bought a half a dozen Jimmy cases as gifts for my kids, one for myself. So it's this company based out of California and they make iPhone cases, but they also have Android cases. I just, I have an iPhone. So they make phone cases that are, and I drop my phone all the time and it's totally like safe. And but it has <laughs> this, they're decorative and they have this like elastic band, like the kind that almost looks like <gasps> a band and you can stick credit cards, your ID, because I hate carrying purses and I wind up like even bringing my purse half the time and leave it in the car. I'm or, looking at it right it's now. Very it's cool. fantastic. Yeah, it's Lori, really you smart. turned us on to a new tech thing we didn't know. That's amazing. I know. I'm <laughs> actually trying to connect up with them because I want them to be a guest on my show just because I love them so much. It's really smart. Yeah, very smart. And it's only like, I think $39. I mean, maybe they've upped their prices. I haven't bought one in a couple of years, but it's awesome. And I love it. And I think everybody should have them and they have them in different colors and styles. So I love it. I love this. Well, there's post number two that we have to write, Kristen. <laughs> You're going to keep us busy, Lori. I love it. Great pick. So how about you, Kristen? All What's right. your cool pick this week? So my cool pick of the week has to do with back to school because that's on my brain right now. And um, I am loving everything that Stacy over at Cool Mom Eats is doing. So if folks haven't been over there, go over there right now, coolmomeats.com. But the one thing I wanted to point out to everyone is the essential lunch box pantry list that she did. It gives you everything you need to pack 180 lunches quickly and easily. And that sounds like two weeks for me with four kids. <laughs> it feels like 180 lunches. But she goes through, you know, a great shopping list. So if you're headed to the store, she's got everything from different protein ideas to carbohydrates, fruits and vegetables. So you don't even really need to think. You can just print out this list, go to the link that's going to be on our Cool Mom Picks podcast page. We're going to have everything that we feature on the show, not just this link. And if you are in the middle of back to school or it's coming up for you, let me just tell you, this is going to be super, super helpful. The essential lunchbox pantry list over on coolmommeats.com. So even more organizational yes. for our listeners. Yes, absolutely. All right, Liz, what do you have? So my pick of the week this week is journalists. Just journalists? That's my cool pick. Journalists. journalists in general. I love it. Journalists and the free press in general have gotten such a bad rap over the past year. And I I have to say, having watched, like all of us, the images coming out of Texas from yes. the hurricane has been unbearable. And I think many of the amazing moments have been seeing journalists come right out and like literally save lives. Yep. You know, all these different moments where we've seen people flag down sheriff's cars with like boats on a hitch to save a truck driver or, you know, put down their microphones and get families out of homes. So I've been really blown away by journalists. And so... If I can take that further, I just like to urge our listeners. I know everything's free these days. Hey, our podcast is free, but I think <laughs> it's worth true. it to pay to support good journalism. So whether you're subscribing to the Washington Post or ProPublica, which I love, it's an independent nonprofit newsroom, does really good investigative journalism, or um, CPJ.org, which is the Committee to Protect Journalists. That's the one a lot of people might know because uh, Meryl Streep gave them a big shout out last year during ah, the Oscars. Yes. And they deal with the hundreds 
of journalists around the world who are jailed every year for simply doing their jobs. So I would just urge everybody to support the kind of journalists you love in whatever way you can because they really deserve it. That's a great reminder and awesome resources. So thank you for that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Thank you, Laurie. Anytime. Yes. We're going to have to have you back when we're completely falling apart and disorganized so you can get us back <laughs> into go mode again. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lori. And thank you, our listeners, for joining us for another episode of Spawn. You know how we sound so good every week, Liz? Do you know who does that for us? His name is John Bowen, and he's our awesome engineer. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> amazing that we both came to the same answer. Yes. That's how we sound so amazing. So thank you, John. And of course, we love to hear from you. Please, please drop us an email. We're at spawned at coolmompicks.com. You can tweet us at coolmompicks and head over to Facebook or Instagram. And you know what? When you leave a review on iTunes, an angel gets its wings. Two angels. <laughs> two it's a two angels. For one deal Ooh. right now with back to school time. Two <laughs> angels get their wings for every new subscriber. So that could be you. It could be you. <laughs> so leave us a review. Subscribe right now on the app that you're looking at. You're listening to us. Just hit subscribe. This way, you will never miss an episode. And actually, you guys might not know this, but when you do that small little thing, it helps other people discover Spawned. And we are very grateful for that. We love being in more people's homes, as many as possible. Thank you so much for listening to Spawned. This is Liz. This is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.